0: That song we just sang speaks directly into our message today. We're starting this new series, Seven Commands of Jesus. We've got these books on the back table. They're meant to be a a study guide to go along with it. If you're a note taker, there's room to take notes in there as well. Repent and believe, and and repentance is really about laying our burdens down. Repentance is about acknowledging and admitting that we know that we've, we've done what God has asked us not to do, and so... Repentance is taking those burdens and those worries and laying them at the foot of the cross and trusting in Jesus to care for them and for us. Repentance is about surrender. Repentance is about our surrender. That's not something we like to talk about. It's about going from doing what we want to do to going what God would have us to do. Repentance is the beginning of inviting God to radically and I mean radically shake up our traditions, break down the walls of our religion, just like the song says. And what are the walls of our religion? It's the rules that we make. Sometimes basing them on some of what the Bible says to create a religion so that we can still live like we want to live on our own terms, but feel like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We call that religion. Repentance is the conscious decision to choose to give God control of our lives, of accepting His way for us. It's about believing in Him and we know and we trust that His way, just like the song says, is better than our way. But in our sin, we like to insist that our way is the right way, that we're going to do it our way and everything will be just fine. So today we begin this seven-week look at the commands of Jesus. These things are more than just Jesus' suggestions for us. Don't take them that way. They're not just suggestions for how we live our life as a Christian. If we want to live our lives as a, as a biblical Christian, as a biblical disciple of Jesus... This is where we begin. So often people say, I don't even know, I'm ready to start, but I'm not even sure what to do. The the Bible is such a big book, I don't even know where to start looking. Well, really what we wanted to do was to start with seven commands and create a very simple study guide that you can go through that will give you a starting point to how to live as a disciple of Jesus. See, the fact is we can talk all we want about our intentions to live a godly life. New Year's resolutions are about our intentions, but the months that follow are about our actions. We can talk about wanting to live as a disciple of Jesus, agreeing that that's an important thing, just like we can say, yeah, I believe in tithing without ever actually tithing. We can say, I believe that I'm supposed to live as a disciple of Jesus without ever living as a disciple of Jesus. See, we can use the right words and be in the right places and be a part of the right groups be seen at the right time. But you know what? If, if we don't start at the beginning of the Christian life with repentance and belief, it's really all fake. We're posers. We're imposters. We're fakes. We're really nothing more than the hypocrites that the world tells us that we are. And none of us like that word, but the fact is, we're all guilty of it. And so we're starting today with this simple message repent and believe. The reason we're starting at that is that John the Baptist, who announced the arrival of the Savior, started with that message. He had this whole ministry out in the desert. He had this whole ministry out in the desert with these people. And he had his own disciples. He had a congregation. And what he did was to preach a message about the arrival of somebody else. It wasn't even about how to follow him. It was about preparing them to follow somebody else. Matthew 3, verse 2, his message was this. He's got these followers out in the Judean desert and his message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What was the kingdom of heaven? Jesus was about to begin his public ministry. And heaven had broke, broken through the heavens and had come to earth in the person of Jesus. And John the Baptist is preparing people saying repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John knew that he wasn't the one sent by God to be the Savior of the world. John knew that he was the one who was sent by God to announce the arrival of the Savior of the world. And John's message, the way of gathering an audience, of of creating interest, was to constantly share the message, repent and believe, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Repent. We don't like to do that. I mean, if you're going to try to gather a bunch of people, don't start with repent, John. Did he really understand what he was asking? See, you and I, we don't like to have to repent. Because to truly understand repent, we have to acknowledge that we've done something to repent of. We actually have to confront our own sinful nature. To repent is to acknowledge to God What God already knows. And what we try to hide, and that is that our hearts are dark. That we try to keep secrets from God. See, our hearts are selfishly all full of us, which is why John started with, if you're going to be ready for the Savior, you've got to start by repenting. See, what's in our hearts is what leads to the words that come out of our mouths. The thoughts that we have and the actions that we take that all too often lead to sin, that should lead to repentance. Repentance always begins with admitting our sin. It always begins with acknowledging through the painful process of admitting to God that we have not been who He created us to be and we have not acted in a way That He created us to act. Confession is admitting our pridefulness and the truth of our rebellion against God. So before there can be repentance, there's got to be confession. This is admitting of our sin. So the step that we take before we can repent is to confess our sin. And you know what? You and I, we know our sin. We confess our sins to God who already knows what we've done. Your confession isn't a surprise to God. Our sin breaks God's heart, but confession is not a surprise. You are not telling God something that God doesn't already know. Just like by not confessing, you're not keeping something from God that God doesn't already know. You heard me say this many times. I'll say it many times more, I'm sure. God loves you just the way you are. But God loves you too much to leave you just the way you are. That's where repentance and confession come into play. Psalm 38 says this, thirty-eight, eighteen. It, it shows us how simple confession can be. I confess my iniquity. I'm sorry for my sin. That's all God wants is a simple apology, a recognition that we've done something that was not what He created us to do, that isn't in line with who He created us to be. I'm sorry for my iniquity. Or, I confess my iniquity. I'm sorry for my sin. So confession is when we willingly consent to God's way as being the right way and our way being the wrong way. It's to acknowledge that we choose to go our own direction and contradict what God desires for us. That isn't fun. But confession is the first step to repentance. It's recognizing our wrongdoing and admitting to God that we have disobeyed His will for us. So confession is this. If you're a note taker, here's one for your notes. Confession is when we admit our sin and we change our mind about sinning again. Confession is when we admit our sin and we change our mind about sinning again. But repentance is when we change our actions and our lifestyle. Confession is telling God that we know we've done something wrong. Repentance is doing something about it. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you confess your sins, God is faithful. And because of what Jesus did, He forgives us of our sins. But it goes on from there. He doesn't stop there. Rather than leaving us on this hamster wheel of confession, and that's what it can feel like without repentance, if you've ever felt like, and every one of us has, you're stuck in this rut, you're a hamster on a wheel, doing the same thing over and over and over and over, and you don't want to, but you just keep doing it. There comes a point where those confessions begin to feel a little bit empty, even to us. Repentance is where God says, get off the hamster wheel. Quit doing the same thing over and over and over. You did it, you confessed, now change it. That's repentance. Repentance is we don't do the same thing over and over and over. We make a conscious decision to do something different. And so God begins this process. He forgives us our sin and He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We're made clean. We're made a new creation. The Bible talks about that. Repentance is important and it's a big deal because we get off that hamster wheel of doing the same sin over and over and over. We make the conscious decision to turn away and to not do it anymore. And when the Bible talks about repentance, it's talking about surrendering our will for us, for God's will for us. This week we're going to celebrate an incredible group of men and women In my opinion, they don't get honored and recognized nearly enough. It's all the veterans that live among us. The men and women who don't brag about their service. They don't brag about that title veteran. They don't complain about how poorly our country treats them. But they're the ones who are painfully well aware of the true cost of freedom. They're the folks who understand conflict. They understand what is at stake in war. And they know what it means when an army talks about surrender. And when the Bible talks about repentance, that's the kind of language that it uses. To surrender is to, to, to concede the war. To surrender says we realize we're not going to win and so we give in. It's time to lay down your weapons and turn yourself over to the mercy of the army to whom you surrender. Romans 5.10 says that even while we were enemies of God, he did the work of reconciling us. To himself in Jesus. Enemies of God. I don't like the sound of that. I want to be a friend of God. But the reality is that your sin and my sin make us enemies of God. Our selfishness, our arrogance, our pride, our desire to be independent of God's authority over us makes us enemies of God. And without our surrender, we remain enemies. Enemies of God and we are at war through our sin. But when we surrender our will to God's will, when we repent, when we turn ourselves over to God's mercy and lay down our weapons, we already know, God, God's already told us what He's going to do, that in His mercy, God sent Jesus to pay the price for our sin. So you can choose to confess your sin and accept forgiveness and call it good and stay on the hamster wheel Or you can repent, realizing that Jesus paid the price for our sins. And what does that mean? It means that Jesus forgives us of our sins. The incredible theologian J.I. Packard said that repentance is a lot like a marching soldier. Repentance for a Christian is a lot like a marching soldier. Every single infantry man or woman, every soldier knows what the commands halt, about face, march mean. It's clear directions. That's repentance. We halt. We stop sinning. We turn from our sinful ways and we march. Toward God and His way for us. To repent is to choose to reshape your life in a radical way. To accept forgiveness as a change of heart and a change of life. But without repentance, that cannot happen. See, what we like to do is create our own ways of trying to be a Christian that does not require us to turn away from our sin or toward God, but just allows us to accept the gift of forgiveness. The problem is you and I both know that when we accept the gift of forgiveness and we don't repent and change our ways, we don't feel free. But when we choose to be willing partners in God's transformation of us into a new creation, and that's what Jesus offers us. Jesus offers us to be a new creation. There is an immediate change in our thoughts because we understand that the words of the Bible are for us. They're not against us. We begin to see other people differently. We see the world around us differently. We see ourselves and our sin differently because we realize that the words of the Bible are for us. They're for our best interest. That God's plans begin to make sense and, and the Scripture is no longer viewed as a God's way of taking all the fun out of life. In fact, we find out that when we recognize our sin and we confess and repent, God gives us something in addition to forgiveness. He gives us a peace that we cannot find on our own. And we live in a world with very little peace. Because we live in a world that has very little recognition of God. Two thousand years ago, give or take, there was a day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. We call it Palm Sunday. And the people had a big celebration because the king was here. The one who had conquered was here. The one they'd been promised for hundreds of years was here. And he was going to defeat the Roman army. They knew it. He was going to bring a new army in and and sweep the Romans out. And they were no longer going to be under oppression. And they were going to have their place of respect and dignity and authority again. And Jesus comes riding in on the donkey. And the right guy was on the wrong animal. And they decided... He wasn't what they wanted at all. So they start out saying, Hosanna, save us. Because they wanted to be saved from the Romans. They wanted to be saved from this life of being pushed down and mistreated. But Jesus didn't come to save them from the Romans. Jesus brought what they considered to be the wrong kind of salvation. And so they dismissed Him. They wanted earthly salvation from a Roman army. Jesus brought salvation from our sins and an eternal heavenly salvation. And because Jesus wasn't who they wanted, they refused to believe in Him. They refused to accept His message. They refused to repent of their sin and of their sinful ways, and they continued to live unrepentantly in their sin. Matthew 21, 32 says, John came to you in the way of righteousness and you didn't believe him. But the tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes, they believed him. And even when you saw it, you didn't afterwards change your mind and believe him. So here's the thing what's it going to take? What do you believe? Who do you believe? When will you believe in Jesus? And do you believe in Jesus enough to trust his will for your life over your own? Do you believe in what Jesus has to offer you more than what you can create for yourself? Who will you believe leads to who you will be. Now here's the beautiful thing about the good news of Jesus. When we believe in Him, when we put our trust in Him, we put in our trust in Him for our life today as well as for our eternal life. And we recognize our sins and we confess them to God and we repent of that sin, turning ourselves back to God. We don't wallow in regret. We don't have to wallow in guilt. That, that's not the point. The point is that we're truly forgiven. See, when we really understand what God wants for us, what Jesus has done for us, and when we confess and repent and receive forgiveness, we experience the reason for the death, death and the resurrection of Jesus. It's for the forgiveness of our sins and it is for our salvation. And that's very different than just trying to fix our lives on our own. Because the thing that we can't avoid is we we can't avoid the guilt and the regret. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Worldly grief produces guilt and all kinds of feelings of hopelessness. Forgiveness in Jesus leads to salvation. God doesn't ask us to repent so that we can feel guilty about our sin. God invites us to repent so that we might be forgiven of our sin. Because of Jesus, not only can we be forgiven, we can be assured of our salvation, and that salvation leads to us being transformed, a new creation in Jesus right here and right now. Um, I appreciate the signs and the backup and the enforcement, but uh, who are you? John the Baptist? Like the John the Baptist? Yeah. You kind of look like John the Transformer. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I got to be honest with you, John the <coughs> Baptist. You're not at all what I expected you to look like. Bible talks about oh. locusts and honey. And oh, I still eat that. You do? Yeah. Still want me to be honest. Yeah, I did that uh, moments with Marin thing that you guys do, uh-huh. and they they gave me new clothes and cut my hair and gave me kind of as what they said is a makeover. Yeah, it's good luck. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I I liked my old clothes better. Is they're more comfortable, but you know, I guess I gotta fit in. It's quite a transformation. Well, thanks. They, I guess they made a video that that they want to show. Should we take a look? Uh, yeah. A good look, John the Transformer. Thanks. I still don't know what that is. Yeah. All right, all right. I'll, I'll take the compliment. Th- well, thank you for being here. Oh, well, John the Baptist. Having me. Who knew? Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know. <laughs> so so here's the deal. Yeah. God is in the business of radical personal transformation. Jesus didn't die on the cross and God didn't raise Him from the grave so your life could be better. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and God raised Him from the grave so that your life could be radically different. Not just in the moment, but completely. Not just a different you, but a new you. Transformation is the business that God is in. And through the death and the resurrection of Jesus... We receive salvation when we accept Him as our personal Savior and we submit our lives to Him. That transformation that happens is an eternal transformation. You're not just different for now. You're different forever. James 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Repentance is the doorway to salvation. It's the first step. It's critical because Paul reminds us in Romans 6, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Transformation begins there with repenting and believing, accepting Jesus as your Savior. Once you've chosen to confess your sin and repent, the Bible says that your sins will be forgiven. But here's the thing. The Bible also says that it doesn't stop there. Luke reminds us of the responsibility that we have to Jesus for the price that He paid that our sins could be forgiven. Luke chapter 3 verse 8 says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Quite simply... When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you have received the free gift of salvation, live your life in such a way that people see that you've been transformed. Christians so often get stuck on that hamster wheel of sin and we just keep running and running and running. And the sad thing is, churches don't preach about it because it lands in everybody's lap because we all do it. But there is transformation that God does in us and then we are to bear fruit in keeping with repentance let your life show in your words and your thoughts and your actions that you've turned from your sin and that your life now shows to the world around you the fruit that is consistent with someone who is not only saved and forgiven but who is not living the same way they used to live when we don't do that we are what the world calls hypocrites we're guilty all of us when they accuse us of that because we do it It's why it's so important that we don't just simply accept forgiveness. That's easy. The only cost to that is Jesus' death and resurrection, which cost Him His life. It begins there. We accept forgiveness, but then when we confess our sins and and we repent and we turn from our sinful ways and we show the world that we have not only been forgiven, but we've been changed, we've been transformed, the good news of Jesus is shown through us. Repent and believe. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you put your hope in Him, or is your hope still in you? You believe that you're here today because God set a divine appointment with you to hear or see or be a part of something here this morning? You are here and you have heard, but do you believe? Today might be your best opportunity to believe in Jesus Not just the person who's in the Bible, but to believe in Jesus for your own salvation. Jesus gave his life for us first so that even while we were still sinners, we would believe in him and receive eternal life. But do you believe? We've got these days in our country that are are fairly well unprecedented in our lifetimes. There's more division and more hatred and less unity than ever. And while we can spend an awful lot of time talking about that, let's not talk about the most important thing. And the most important thing is that Jesus died, that your sins could be forgiven and that you could have eternal life. Do you believe? Have you accepted that free gift? Do you know where you will spend your eternity? And if you do, is the life that you live today one of a transformed, eternally transformed believer in Jesus? Or are you still that Christian that's running on the hamster wheel just grateful that your sins are forgiven? Maybe today is the day for you to really and truly believe in a radical, life-changing way. Let's pray. God, thank you for John the Baptist. Thank you for his message of repentance and belief in Jesus as our Savior. Thank you, God, that he knew that he wasn't the one to point to but that You would send him to point to Your Son, Jesus. And God, now we've heard. We know what Your Word says. We understand sin. We understand confession. And we now understand repentance. But God, we can't live in the full freedom of our salvation until we put those things to practice, till we take them to heart, till we believe them for ourselves. God, I ask that Your Holy Spirit would stir in all of our hearts. Maybe it's that we need to accept Jesus as our Savior today. Maybe today is our day. Maybe it's that we need to do more than just accept forgiveness. Maybe we need to move to where we actually acknowledge and speak the words to you that we know what we've done wrong. We know how we've sinned and broken your heart. And maybe for some of us it's time that we go from confession and forgiveness to repentance. That we put that belief in Jesus and our transformation into action that we repent of our sins, we turn and we walk away from our sin, and we intentionally walk toward You. God, whatever You're doing in us, whatever You are doing through Your Holy Spirit in us, I pray that You would continue and complete that work. In Jesus' name, Amen. Don't let these words of the Bible just in one ear and out the other. You know, every one of us sits somewhere in the middle of this message. Every one of us has something that we can do To either become or become more of a disciple of Jesus. Maybe you understand confession and you haven't fully received forgiveness. Maybe you've never started confession and you don't know what forgiveness is. Maybe maybe you accept forgiveness without doing anything to get there. Maybe today is the day you start taking repentance seriously. You understand that idea of being on the hamster wheel and needing to do something different. That's where God says repent and then turn away. Surrender your will for God's will. Lay down your weapons and live the life God created you to live.